0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Broadcasting
0: Blog Talk USA Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune in to Blog Talk USA Let your voice be heard On Blog Talk USA
2: Welcome back, everybody.
3: Hello. (laughs) We hope you had
2: a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hello. Hello.
3: Hello. Hello. I know
2: we've got a great show ready to go. Uh, We've got some guests coming on, so everybody get a snack and a drink and sit back and relax. We hope you are listening to us either on your computer at blogtalkradio.com forward slash blogtalkusa or at blogtalkusa.com. Or you can call in, 515-605-9375, however you are listening to us. We just appreciate that you're doing that. And You can always download our podcast after each show airs. It's available in podcast form under the banner blog, Talk USA. Okay, so now I'll give you over to your host for Marvelous
4: Monday. I know she's ready to go. Welcome, Dr. McKellar. Thank you, Ms. Rihanna. It is just so wonderful to hear your voice at the onset of the show, and <laughs> I am fired up and ready to go. I tell you, oh, it has uh, been an amazing, an amazing uh, holiday week, and we had some outstanding company to come in. You know, it's been over two years, that family have not been able to come together so everybody was all backed up and now I'm all boosted up. Oh, I got my booster today great. and so I'm just <laughs> really outstanding. <laughs> <There> but <laughs> I you know i will be excited to hear about oh, yeah. that. And so <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but anyways we had a great time. My family, my siblings came into the city and I want I want to make this official announcement. I prepared every single smidgen of the food that was served in this house. Wow. Oh, uh, I wow. and I, awesome. I awesome. said if I did if I did not Witness it with my own eyes. It would be hard to believe my little sister prepared all this food. I told them, don't wow. worry, I don't want you doing any work. Just sit down and enjoy. And let me tell you guys, we had an amazing time. It was. It felt so good to see my siblings from Nebraska to California to Georgia. It was just outstanding. So wow. I hope you guys had the same. I hope you had the same. What about you, Dr. Hagney?
5: Oh, that's awesome, awesome. That I'm still full of turkey. I'm <laughs> still full
4: of but, but Well, well when the, I get well, off, go ahead. Go ahead. It was
5: so exciting to hear all the grandkids calling about that's the uh, right. grandma's recipe. <laughs> I saw I you, you know, they, they all couldn't get it. Oh, here that's because, But they were that's calling because right. they wanted uh, recipes of grandma's pecan pie. They want exactly. to know how, cause the, the greens and all that. So that was just amazing all across America. Those
6: future generations oh, yeah.
5: who wanted to know how, they want to they want to taste the way grandma used to cook it.
4: Very good. Okay. So don't forget to pass those recipes on down. To the yes. people yes. To that those offspring so that it can stay for generations to come. That's, that's outstanding. Yes. That's beautiful. I love that. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm just excited about it. And, uh, well, Michaela used her own recipe. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) We we don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? We got family, our ancestors who were amazing cooks. But let me just tell you this, guys, before we really get into the show, uh, I, I had asked this friend, from there at the church. uh, Did he have any more of of greens? And so he said, oh, yeah, I got plenty. So uh, so he was supposed to bring me some, and he didn't. And so I I called Mm -hmm. him, and I said, where are my greens? And so he said, well, I'm, uh," well, he said, I'm not out on my farm. I'm actually smoking turkeys in the city. He said, but go out there and help yourself and pick your own. And I said, I am a farmer's daughter, not a farmer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) So we went. Out, and we got bundles and bundles of greens, and uh, uh, all kinds. We had two different kind in there. So it was outstanding to have them fresh out of the field
1: mm-hmm. into wow. the
4: pot. Oh, yeah. It was outstanding. Oh, yeah. We had amazing time, amazing time. So let's see who is everybody. Is everybody here tonight? Miss Rihanna, how about Pastor Cooper? Pastor Cooper, are you there yet? Yes,
7: yeah, hello.
4: Oh, very yeah. good. Hello. Oh, very good. And so what about Mr. Arthur? Is Mr. Arthur there yet? Mr. Arthur, are you there? Well, I that's I, time, maybe. Is is there? okay. maybe. Let me double check. Okay. Well, pastor, he's still okay. Oh, well, here pastor, he is. You can, here we go. You can give can you your me? give you give. Yes. We, now we can hear you. How are you doing, uh, Mr. Arthur? Our veteran. Okay, and by the boy. way, we are go, we're going to have a veteran on uh, later on uh, this uh, but later on tonight. But we're gonna do our. introductions and everything. So, Pastor Cooper, how was your Thanksgiving?
7: Incredible, incredible. I have a niece that had a brand-new home there in uh, Missouri City, and she invited everyone over, and, of course, uh, they were safe and been inoculated, and uh, we were excited about that. And, uh, yeah, and my sister, her mother uh, prepared the meals, and i tell you what, we ate and ate and ate and watched the games. It was an incredible time.
4: That's outstanding. It's nothing like getting together with family. I think our ancestors are smiling that we were able to uh, get our vaccines and be able to visit with one another. So what about you, Ms. Rihanna? How was your holiday? It was wonderful. Uh, this is our first year in
2: the new home that we bought. New home. We hosted Very Thanksgiving. Good. Yeah. Very so good. we hosted Very good. and we had our uh, – our Parents over uh, some of the some of the families not uh, inoculated yet, so they stayed home. But that was okay. <laughs> we had the parents, we had Very uh, good. the girls and the baby, and everybody had a wonderful time. And it was just so oh, awesome to just I've be seen. in the same room with
4: our loved ones. Absolutely, absolutely. It's been so long since we were able to do that. So, what about you, uh, Mr. Arthur, my fraternity brother?
3: Well, well, you know, I've been doing a lot of work, so I basically just just uh, rejuvenated. Uh, you know, I've been picked up a little food, you know, and, and did a little bit of uh, 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 socializing. But I did a lot of uh, uh, look at uh, on YouTube, looking at lectures. I got into uh, John Henry uh 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 what's the name the the the, the historian uh, oh. uh Does what's the guy's name john henry you know what i'm talking about but anyway <laughs> uh uh he was talking about you know like thanksgiving you know how
4: oh yes
3: yes behind you know behind all that
4: well, How and Thanksgiving so, uh, got started and all that uh <laughs>
3: exactly. uh-huh, yeah, so, I, yeah, I yeah so yeah yeah then i looked at a couple other you know, listed a couple of debates uh, and so forth, and so about it. So I kind of just got so so kind of got it. Yeah, just kind of got off into it. So you know, uh, I didn't. Hear, I, I felt thankful though, but I didn't feel Very celebratory.
4: <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, you didn't you didn't feel so <laughs> well, we celebrated a nest for you uh on this national holiday uh, mr arthur yeah. and but i but I contained myself i didn't eat uh i don't think I even barely tasted my German chocolate cake we had German chocolate cake we had mm. um we had uh, Italian cream cake we had a uh, pecan pie uh, we had uh pound cake. You know the usual good stuff that that people have in their homes on, on, the, on the holiday. So one day we'll talk about uh, how uh, Thanksgiving became a national holiday and and all of that. But we won't we won't cover that tonight. I know there was a lot of a lot of food, a lot of Thanksgiving, a lot of we appreciate uh, being able to get together and then lots and lots of football. I know uh that was going on in everybody's home all across all across the nation. The football goes with Thanksgiving, I guess. But it was an amazing time. So let's let's go jump over there to uh Dr. Hagney and and let him bring us up to date on our COVID-19 as we know uh and, and let me let me just say that I when I had a meeting on Sunday with my Sorority and, you know, the name of our local chapter is Gamma Omicron Omega Chapter, and I said, unfortunately, uh, our chapter name is tied into this new variant, but that's okay. We're going to contain that thing so that it doesn't spread all across America. But then there's a message saying that we may possibly already have it here. So we're going to turn it over to uh, Dr. Hagney and Dr. Richard Hagney and give us an update on COVID-19 and the SARS, SARS uh, virus and what it looks like with the Omicron virus and how wow. things are being shut down a little bit. So we'll turn it over to you. I'll mute out, and you got it.
5: Very good, very good. almost feel like it. Thanksgiving Turkey. Uh, What I want to say is this new virus, Omicron, you mentioned B11529, is what we expect when you think about mutation of these viruses, what has occurred. Uh, So uh, what I want to do tonight, there is a lot of information I want to give. I want to go straight right through it so I give all the facts and we can have some questions after I go through it because there's a lot of material I need to uh, disseminate tonight. Uh, as we speak, this uh, this new variant is in 17 countries, over 200 plus cases, and also there are two cases confirmed in Canada. I think what I need to do first of all put everything in perspective. I know there was a lot of questions. There. Let me quote. I'm. So let's give a lot of the facts earlier. As we, uh, uh, Ms. Collins, Collins of our uh, department talks about this case of uh, we have seen it first in young in young children. Uh, basically, we're saying this was a wake-up call for those who have not yet been vaccinated. Uh, it is also all previous uh, examples of variants which was responsible to the vaccine uh, have helped. So we so we need to think about the vaccines as a as a seatbelt, and therefore he's recommend use them. Uh, when we look at the discovery, where is it? Is almost it has been stated it's probably almost already here in America. Just needs to be documented later on. I want to say CDC is uh, going to set up a system in which they're going to look at surveillance in America for this new virus, which uh, a lot of individuals feel that it's already here. Uh, you know, America is not going to impose any of the Omicron uh, testing for passengers in South Africa right now, uh, but that's, that's something they need to think about in the future. Of course, travel has been restricted there starting Monday. Uh, when we look at some of the other, courses, this happened very quickly. Uh, but there, and, and that's one reason why there's so much lack of information because it happened very quickly. But that's a major uh, plus in itself that now we can look at because uh, this all occurred within two weeks where we see an in initial discussion of this. Uh, and, and also, it, this is a major reminder that future cause of this pandemic as it relates to evolving virus is not so. There are, there are many more to come. Uh, and, and the need to ask specific questions about the severity of this uh, this virus. We don't know; it's it's too early right now for that information. But earlier findings are showing that the uh, side effects have been uh, been basically been mild. But like I said, it's too early in the situation to understand that. So the symptoms right now have been extremely mild, and we'll we'll keep monitoring that. Uh, as Dr. Fauci said, blessings for the vaccines and the boosters. So that's going to be the key word we hear throughout. That's what we need to do. I just want to mention the southern states are falling behind in vaccinating kids as uh, pediatric infection climbs. Uh, that's that's just hardening because of the state like Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi are having major issues uh, with children vaccination. These are also the states who have the, the uh, highest number of uh, uh, COVID deaths and hospitalizations and all that. But we got to keep an eye on that and see that. that's, What's, what's that occurring, what we see in our southern states. Uh, I just want to mention Merck there. You probably hear about the COVID pills. They're looking at Merck. I uh, uh, just, just want to know that there's an oral pill being looked at, being evaluated too early to say anything about uh, the benefits of it right now, but oral medication may have a major plus to, this, uh, to our rural care. I want to mention our health care workers are taking a major hit right now, uh, so let's continue to pray for all our health care workers uh because we'll see an increased number of lost jobs uh dallas morning news report that uh, texas has spent seven billion dollars of federal money to pay temporary health care workers uh during this pandemic and i think they thought they were going to sort of slow that down but the indication now that's that that will have to continue helping uh bring individuals on board uh for help with this uh also to mention that i mentioned earlier about the emotional toll so this is taking on health care workers' vast word, so I ask you to pray for our health care workers because you imagine when they look looking this, impossible going to happen again. That's going to be devastating. Uh, New York Times, uh, we're going to see consistently urging that mass wearing, testing, and vaccination. We're going to hear that throughout that's the county health department out there, urging masks, indoor, public settings, outdoor, uh, mega events, and vaccinations is the best way to protect against this, this surge. So that's, that is the right thing to do. We've been saying that consistently throughout. Uh, it, but also um, there's the urgency of vaccinating the world. Uh, we talk about things global, but this is a classic uh, illustration where this is global. See, we are falling behind in vaccinating the world, so we're seeing the development of the virus in developing countries. So this is a wake-up call. We need to invest, uh, vaccinate the world not just individual countries uh, because uh, these viruses can appear anywhere around the world and they can uh, pose the a major threat. Discussion about school vaccinations as a, a concerning factor. Healthcare workers on the mandate to be vaccinated, it has proven the mandates have been shown effective for the normal people who to get vaccinated. So we have to keep looking at that. Uh, and As New York stated, we need to get our act together because um, this, is, this, this virus is coming to America. So we need to get our act together and be prepared. And also, when we look at the uh, despite Omnicare, we need to remember the Delta virus is still here despite the new variants. Over 99% of the cases worldwide uh, are due to the Delta virus. And so we need to understand that. And, and it also indicates the number of people are not, not vaccinated. So we need to work on that and we need to continue the emphasis on getting individual vaccinated. What I'm really excited about to mention, there is a group of uh, young uh, black tech founders. When I talk a lot about the um, uh, the octopus clam, there's a group of black uh, entrepreneurs, uh, tech founders. They're looking at changing the culture of healthcare. I, I advise you to look at this as a period in uh, black tech founders' Walk, work to change. There's, this occurred in Kaiser Health Care News. The article written by Clara Anthony. I advise everybody, go pull this article and look at this article. These young individuals, minority individuals, are starting these different health care companies that's going to make a difference. And so we think about the pre- precondition prior to doing an after, uh, not won't be an after pandemic. We need to look at other areas, of course. These young people have started businesses in the area of you know, health, of connecting women with culture, uh, and also connecting health care providers, and also transportation. I like the, the statement that was made in this article, it is that we need to... And, and uh, basically, say mission alone is not enough. We have to solve the problem. Johnny is addressing this health care issue from all different phases, and it's a blessing that the minority individuals, and also... They're entrepreneurs, so it's a major plus. So I I advise everybody to read this article, contact their companies, and support their companies because they are going to make a difference when we talk about addressing the disparities in uh, in our health care system. So that, I think I'll stop there. Okay.
4: Outstanding. We can reiterate that. Yes, outstanding. Uh, let me just uh, a couple questions before we get off into. We have a, a congressional candidate that's going to be on with us tonight, and then of course the veteran that's going to talk about uh, military sexual trauma and PTSD. Uh, and but uh, but the, but we know that it's the uh, South African. Uh, a variant that came out and was first discovered by, uh, by the physician there, uh, in South Africa. And she did say, of course, that, it, that they're seeing very mild cases. And I think they showed about 71, uh, clients, uh, that ended up with that and very mild as it mentioned. But I was listening to one news, uh, venue and so they were saying, well, why are we, uh, Getting so off key. Why are we shutting down people coming in from other parts of the world? Uh, 13 countries, I believe, that we shut down to make sure that they don't come into America. But should we not be uh, proactive, Dr. Hackney, rather than reactive? Uh, I was just kind of puzzled that this news venue felt that they should, that President Biden and others should not be taking precautionary measures to make certain that this variant does not get into America, which they already feel that probably it already is, simply because Mm -hmm. we have people to travel to Africa. I have some friends that are still in Africa right now. I hope Mm -hmm. that they can get back from the Ivory Coast, back into America. And even if they get back into America, obviously we know they're going to have to be quarantined for 14 days because Mm -hmm. they've been out there around everybody. But should Correct. we not be uh, proactive in, in making sure that, that we protect uh, public health-wise, that we protect the citizens in this oh. country? If we get a hold to it early, like if we had That's gotten right. a hold to the COVID-19 early on when, we, when it was first found out by the past administration, we could have got a better handle on, and we probably yes. may not have been in a pandemic. Go ahead, Dr. Hattie. You're
5: exactly right. And that's exactly what the New York Times reported. They said we should act now and get our act together. It's So amazing, that the individual question that being around what we experienced the last couple of years. It's all that's it's sort of difficult for someone to make that statement, but also being prepared. And also, it shows a lack of knowledge of the of the of the virus, sure.
0: uh, and
5: also the and also the long term complications that we are going to have to deal with, uh, and also confirming the. When, uh the positive of the vaccine to wait and see uh, this virus is not sitting around and wait off uh because see, as we know this virus this these virus, this variant is a different variant from the first initial variant and this is what they've learned this uh see we need to recognize that we are not the only species the guy created that knew how to uh, defend itself protect itself and this is actually, this is exactly what this virus is doing. It's mutating is mutating in areas where individuals are not vaccinated uh, and given the opportunity to do that, so to even think yeah. about waiting for that is amazing. To even think, and I was telling someone the other day: every history, every science class in America right now, grade level, should be talking about, but should be teaching yes. mutation what it can. Be. Yes. If your class, I don't care if you elementary, all the way up through college graduate level, if your professor did not stress and teach you more about mutation this semester. You need to. Uh,
3: that, doc, that's very.
5: That's discerning. Yes. I, I, I have questions.
6: Well, Miss
3: uh, uh, Doc, what are you? What are you doing? Because we're protecting ourselves. You know that there's a whole anti-vaccine, vaccine industry out there, and those questions that you heard, and whatever, you know, that's where that's coming from. So, what are you doing differently this time? Because you know it's out there. You know that, that anti-vaccine media is going to be coming at you like that. So what are we doing different this time? Well,
5: well, see, I think what we learned, we learned these, these vaccines, that's how we were able to create the vaccine early on. Here's a new approach. Uh, we need new preachers, new thinkers in this whole research area. That's what's happening right now. That's what this virus is teaching us and telling us. It's not going to be the only
3: virus there. This no, I mean media. So- no, no, no. I, no, I mean, no, no, I, I'm, not, I'm talking about media protection, our minds yeah. are being attacked with this anti-vaccine media. And I'm right. saying, what are you doing differently to affect that uh, well, anti-vaccine I say, media that's coming at the system <clears throat> as we well, deal with a new variant? What's being done differently in well, that I would, area? I
5: would, I would say not to waste a lot of time with that. I think it would be what we need to put emphasis on getting people vaccinated. Now I told somebody the other day if they don't want to get vaccinated, whoever they are, that's their that's their choice. But we don't need to waste time, media time, any time dealing with trying those people, you know, uh will never be convinced anyway. So why waste time with that? We need to get people vaccinated because when we look at the deaths of the occurring. uh the deaths are real. You know, and so uh you know soon every day, you know, so we that's what we're dealing with we have to deal with the death numbers, not the people who. Uh, that's that's what, and that's what's happening. Our research move forward, look at what's What is this, this? What is this, virus, what this uh, virus? are doing? Because you could talk all day long to people who don't want to be it That's fine.
3: That's their choice.
5: Uh, no, I want to be clear uh, and, and that
4: doc, I, I, I'm not saying that
3: Doc. I'm not saying that Doc. I'm not saying that Doc. You know, is supposed to be addressing that. So I'm not saying. We, doc, I'm not we, saying we saying. an issue. Oh, okay. All right, okay.
4: We understand what you're saying. Let me, let me just jump in there a little bit on that, uh, Mr. Arthur. Uh, what is really happening that did not happen when COVID-19 first came out? We, as we know, it took several months before we actually knew that there was a pandemic. We also found out that uh, the past administration found out in November and December of 2019 that there was this virus that was out there, but we didn't get it until March so whereas now the World Health Organization, WHO, and America and the president uh, that's in administration right now, they're already out there putting the information out there. He was out there on television today. So as soon as they found out that there is another variant, and you, if you just remember, it was just a few days ago. So already they're educating and telling people We right here in Tyler, Texas, we have a big, massive clinic clinic that's already set up, that's been set up every single day. Children, I was in there today to get my uh, vaccine this afternoon. There were children, young children, parents were bringing their children in there. So they don't want what we just dealt with. They don't want our country to be shut down again. So there are people who are getting out there and getting the vaccine. But like like, like Dr. Hagney says, you're always going to have those anti-vaxxers
0: that's going to be speaking
4: against it. But a lot of those anti-vaxxers, are vaccinated as well, and we can name out a few uh, that have been vaccinated, and we know they're vaccinated. So, uh, so that's what they're doing. They're jumping right on there and try to change this mutation before it spreads all across our country. And by shutting down, there's thirteen there's thirteen countries right now that cannot come into America uh, uh, because of, of this variant.
3: Well, I was really calling ahead, out Facebook and Twitter. I was really just calling out Facebook and Twitter, so I wasn't calling you a doc. I was yeah. calling out Facebook oh, no, no, and Twitter. Oh, yeah, well, we I understood. Understand.
4: Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I understand.
3: Yeah.
4: Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm with, with him. There's always going to be those uh, naysayers and, and all that, but, uh, but, but what is happening is they're jumping on this and making sure that we bring this thing to a halt before it gets out of place and get out of order like it did with COVID-19. Uh, they're they're just on this variant. Even though it's mild right now, this is when you really work to contain it when it is right. extremely mild so that it doesn't get to where it's taking people's lives and all that. So very good. Thank you, uh, Dr. Hagney. I don't know if uh, Pastor Cooper, if you have any questions, and Ms. Rihanna, if you have any questions. If not, we'll move on. Either one of the two of you have any, anything or any comments in regards to what Dr. Hagney has said
7: no, he covered very well, and I know we have a guest, so we're going to keep on moving.
4: Okay, very good. So then let's go to our uh, congressional uh, candidate, Mr. Anna. I, I think that he is on uh, if he would uh, uh, press one, and so we can bring him into the queue and uh, we'll let him introduce himself and talk about what he plans to make happen for congressional district uh, one, as everybody knows, I ran for that seat, and so I'm pushing, pushing hard to uh, make sure that we have a reliable candidate. We know that we we're going to hear tomorrow about a uh, another candidate here in Tyler, Texas, that's going to make his announcement here in, in Smith County, and then he's going to go over to uh, Gregg County and make a, the announcement on the steps there. So, uh, Gavin, if you're on. Uh, Please uh, come in and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and why you want to run for the congressional seat uh, in
6: East Texas. Hi, how's it going? Can you hear me?
4: Great, we can hear you. Thank you, and welcome to Marvelous Monday. We're so happy to have you on. Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we can ask you a, a few questions uh, to kind of just interview you so that the people that are listening all around out there everywhere, including in East Texas, will know exactly who is running for that seat. As we already know, Louis Gohmert, who has held that seat for 20-some years, 25-whatever, how many ever waste of our out time uh, that has decided that he's going to run for attorney general for the state of Texas. And so, Gavin, you tell us your story, please, and I'll mute it. Thank you.
6: All right. Well, I'd like to say I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller. Uh, I'd just like to say my name is Gavin Doss. Uh I grew up here in East Texas. I, I think it's important to know a little bit of my background. I am young. A lot of people might laugh and they say, I'm about to turn 26 on a month from now, December 29th. Uh, hey, good
2: for you. Good for you. <laughs> that to the place. I, That's awesome.
6: Uh, yeah. Growing up here was not easy. My dad came straight from Assam, India, like up in the mountains in the Himalayas. Uh, he went straight to Tyler, Texas to go to TJC, uh, He says it's because he wanted to get an education, but he'll admit it. If he gets a little loose at a party, he might say, well, the reason why he came here is he didn't want to get in the range of marriage. So they came here (laughs) and they had me. And my life growing up as a parent of, of an immigrant and somebody who came from California, which is funny how everything kind of comes back, but I grew up with muscular dystrophy, I was around five years old when I was first diagnosed Uh, and any of you who don't know, muscular dystrophy is usually considered to be a very serious disease. I was very lucky that I have Becker's muscular dystrophy, which is not as intense as say Duchenne's, like with Duchenne's muscular dystrophy, you might be in a wheelchair your whole life. It's a... It is... A disease that wears you down over time, and even now I used to be young and fit, and I used to be in the marching band. And I used to go out and work all the time, and now it feels like my body is kind of not responding how it's used to. And that's always kind of something you get when you're growing up, but when you're 26 and you're you got back pain and your body's kind of withering away, it grows on you. You get a certain perspective than not a lot of people have. And during this whole COVID pandemic, I mean, talk about feeling that nobody cares about you, like being a disabled person. Uh, I have all my friends, people I consider friends saying like, oh, well, I'm not going to get vaccinated. Oh, you're not that bad. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I was very lucky that NetHealth and the people in East Texas were able to hook me up with a vaccine so fast. I normally go to UT Southwestern for my specialty care. But NetHelp got it way before UT Southwest was ever, ever able to get it. And it. I think more of my friends, I've lost so many friends, more than anybody my age should, to to everything. COVID is one thing, but to suicide, to all of the things that are happening in our community that just seem to be ignored. Uh, and I had originally thought to run against GOMER, uh, but he bowed out, and I thought it would be a good chance to let someone else get the reins. I could get more experience, get my master's degree. But uh, after he stepped out, was going to run. But you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes you need to do something because it's what's good for the community. My dad always taught me one thing: like being, like an immigrant coming to the United States, experiencing all these things he said there's one thing in the world that you shouldn't be you shouldn't be a hypocrite i spent all these times looking at not just the republican party our party too things people have said to me the people i know and there's got to be more to it there's got to be politicians who are in there to have their skin to have some skin in the game not just some 60, 70-year-old judge who has their life made and this is just some hobby to them. <laughs> people in our community, people in East Texas, are, die- they're dying. I have a friend who got COVID younger than me and he got put into a medically induced coma and before he even got, the day he got out, the day he woke up, he had the debt collectors calling him telling him he needed to pay his $10,000 medical bill for being in the hospital for COVID. <sighs> More than that. I can't, And I just thought, and there's nobody fighting for these people. And the truth is, we can talk all we want about social justice and making the change we want to see in the world, but if we're not even willing to put anyone up there to run against a Republican because we're scared, because we think we're going to lose, then we've already lost. I didn't
1: want anything. Okay.
6: This to be a downer or anything. I just really wanted to do good for the community, and that's why I decided to run for District One, no matter how difficult that they've made it with the census data. Mm. Right. Okay.
4: So let's let's jump in and ask you a few questions. You gave us a lot, and and that, so let let me just congratulate you for stepping up to the plate mm-hmm. to come back and run for this seat because there should not be, I agree, there should not be any uh, races that are not contested. We need more people. Uh, we need different ages of people running. And so we appreciate uh, the fact that you're stepping up. And so you mentioned mm-hmm. um, you mentioned the fact that, that you have MS. And, you, and let me just tell you, I mean, uh, multiple district. And so you cannot tell, and I'm going to let the audience know, uh, he's out there working and passing out uh, brochures and, and putting information out and helping other candidates uh, uh, to to run for office and just doing all kinds of things with us. Uh, ever since I have known Gavin, he's been out there working. So you really can't tell. But what 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 would you say to a person that says, well, uh, do you think that this is something that you can handle from just listening to what you just said uh, about uh, about the fact that you had some difficulties in uh, uh, with your health? What what would be your reply to them if they brought
6: that up, since you didn't mention it? So fun fun fact: people actually mention that a lot. Um, the phrase yeah. I like to to say is. God doesn't give us anything more than we can handle. I I like that. And I I decided to do this. I really did pray. I went out my porch. I went to my spot, and I prayed, and I prayed. And what everybody always asks me about my muscular dystrophy, I always tell them this. Uh, God gave me muscular dystrophy because he knew it wouldn't be fair if I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the mind, I have the drive, yeah. I have the will. And some people are out there maybe running for Congress that, like I said, don't have any skin in the game. But for me, it's very personal. Health care, the right to life, the, like not the right to live as you are. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't be punished for being born with muscular dystrophy. My family shouldn't have to be in medical debt. Because I was because their child has muscular dystrophy, and so.
4: Very good. Yeah. Very good, Devin. I, I, a great. I, I, I love. Yeah. I love the answer, uh, Garvin. I do. Uh, so tell us what it is that you are going to bring uh, to this seat that Gomer did not bring, and uh, and then you mentioned also. Uh, about a judge that's going to be, and I mentioned it as well at the onset, he announced today on uh, on the news, on the local news that he's going to be uh, making his announcement uh, on the uh, steps of, uh, well, maybe not at the courthouse, but maybe somewhere out there, uh, downtown highway, mm-hmm. he's going to make the announcement and then he's going to leave there and go on over to um, Great County. So, uh, which is another one of the counties in in the district for uh, district three so tell me uh, why you're a better candidate than than the judge that's been sitting on that bench in the county uh, our county judge to be exact that that is the county judge right now who announced that he was not going to run if Gomert was going to continue because that's just kind of how um, Republicans do. They they don't run against each other. They just kind of you know how they do. So at any rate, so now that he knows that Gomert is actually running for for Attorney General for the state of Texas, then now he's going to make his announcement. So what makes you a better candidate than uh, than this this
6: judge? Yes. So I'd like to start off by talking about in something a little a little personal. I won't go into a whole lot of detail, but okay. when I think of the history of our district and we talk about me being a, a 26-year-old college graduate going against our county judge, Nathaniel Moran, being on the bench for so long.
4: See I, um, see, I wasn't going to give him. I wasn't going to give him
6: any press. You just did. Don't ever do that. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's fine. Whoever's listening, I, I'm I'm willing to address it head on. We have had a history in East Texas of judges running for these seats, and look where it's gotten us. And more importantly, look at the history of the justice system in East Texas. <laughs> Are you – can you – I can tell you from my own experience, from my own family, it's not what we've had here in East Texas for such a long time. is not just this. Uh, the conviction rate for our area, the uh, the not only that, the rehabilitation rate, the recidivism rate in our district is so bad, and our prisons are filling up, and we don't even – power runs out. I wouldn't call the justice system of East Texas something necessarily to be proud of. It's something that needs to be reformed. It's something that needs to be fixed. And if you're asking me the difference between us, difference in us and candidates, uh, it's vision. I have a vision for what our district can look like, the economic opportunity, the future, um, what we can actually do. To secure ourselves not just for now, but also wherever future crisis we may face. And the truth is, any Republican candidate is going to be advocating for the status quo. They're going to be asking to keep everything the same, the same systems to entrench what is already here. And we already know that system is failing.
4: Right. Okay. Good point. Yeah. Yes. Okay. you were pretty clear. Go ahead, Ms. Rihanna. Oh, All my right. gosh. I'm blown away. I I
2: want to say just a couple things, and I'll try to be quick. First of all, uh, when you said um, I don't mean to be a downer or a bummer or whatever, you said I was just thinking at that moment. Oh no way, you're authentic and real, and the fact like what you are sharing with us is. From a human standpoint and a political standpoint, in my opinion, uh, this is – you're speaking to me. You're, you know, you're speaking to your neighbors, and you're sharing your experiences in such a real way. And it
1: just,
2: um, you know, juxtaposed with what's going on now. And as you mentioned, the status quo um, (laughs) – it's like there's just no meat on their bone. Um not just a lack of vision, a lack of caring, a lack of having any sort of uh hint that they've had a, a you know, personal life experiences that have deeply affected them that they actually care about. So I think you're very refreshing. Um I'm really proud that you're running. I think it's fantastic and I'm I you're doing great. <laughs>
4: Yeah. So then, uh, Gavin, if you could tell us a little, tell us what your your degree is in, and you graduate where you graduated from, and, and just a little bit of a little bit of background uh, about yourself uh, academically, and so forth, and what you what you've done uh, in your in your career as a young man.
6: Yeah. So I have a degree from UT Austin in English and Sociology. Uh, The COVID kind of made it a little bit difficult finishing out my degree, but I I managed to do it. So I am a recent graduate. Uh, A lot of that time was spent uh, getting papers published, uh, working as an independent journalist. Um, One of the things that I'm most proud of that I'm sure anybody, any of my friends will tell you, uh, when I was at the University of Texas at Austin, uh, I was First, I was admitted, admitted to the Liberal Arts Honors Program, but I kind of took his side, took back from my academic performance for part of it because I was competing with our speech and debate team, uh, the Texas speech team. And we won three oh, national cool. championships all three, all three years that I was there. Not that I'm counting yeah. or anything. That's yeah, uh, awesome. So, <laughs> it is. It was, and it was so funny because the football team, like – we so when you win a national championship they light up the tower but they had a new administration and so when all the, ever the team won they'd always put a one on the tower but so when i the administration changed they're like oh well we only do it for for big events like real national championships and we all laughed and like oh it's not like the football team is going to win one anytime soon all right
4: so so share with us uh the importance of of uh, education for the young folks that are are listening out there and how important it is to get that high-quality education and how you should prepare yourself for running uh, for a a public office. And maybe you want to uh, drop a little bit uh, about that and how you have prepared yourself uh, to run for this seat.
6: So speaking of the young people, if if any of my students are out here, I've been working as a substitute teacher long term during the pandemic. as you know, a lot of uh, teachers have been out, so I've been helping fill in that role. And I've teaching all these young kids has made me realize how bright of a future we have. Of course, of course, um, the pandemic did a lot of uh, negatives to education. The year off, especially for kids going in from middle school to high school, is a big drop-off. Uh, you see it in test scores. You see it just talking to the students. A lot of time uh, was missed, and a lot of them kind of missed the value of education. And the truth is, I mean, you don't, you don't need a degree to be educated. Uh, it helps. It definitely helps. It teaches you how to research. It tells the jobs you're looking for that you know what you're doing. But at the end of the day, to study to learn is something that we should all share. Like there's no, I hear so much talk about oh we should get these kids in trade school, right? Well, you can still be in in trade school, and know how to read Shakespeare. You should you should be able to be an electrician, and still be able to talk about the socioeconomic status of the neighborhood that you live in. Uh, education is so important, and it's something we're losing. And especially nowadays, uh, it seems like the big foreground fight between all of this, especially with the Virginia election, is education, what the future is going to look like. And in many ways, we're regressing. And I've seen it myself. I've seen that the way that education is sometimes villainized. And that's just not something. Not the kind of attitude we should have. We should be thinking forward. We should be reading more books. We should be thinking about what we can do next because there was a period in time where all the science fiction, all the stories, all the movies were about all these fantastical features, about people learning to fly and having all this crazy technology, and now all the movies, all the television shows, all the books are always the same, post-apocalyptic, Hunger Games, wasteland Mm -hmm. where we lost. Right. It would be nice to see that spark. Right. Mm
4: -hmm. Well, let me ask you this. What are your three points that you would like to see happen once you get to Congress? What do you you want to work on, Uh, the differences that need to be made in Washington, D.C. from your perspective?
6: Um, number number one, and this goes hand in hand with, with debt, is that we need to look at our local governments right now. We need to look at the municipalities and understand where they're at. Uh, during this COVID pandemic, the Fed uh, stepped in with the bond market to help fix it and make sure that the investments were going okay, uh, to make sure that these cities weren't running out of money for, this, for maintenance, for things that they need. But that's just putting a band-aid on the issue if you look at the wider thing we're having a pension crisis uh things involving fl- like flooding damage o- electricity going down and this infrastructure bill that just passed but like, yes the federal government will come in and they will set up all this great infrastructure but then who, who has to pay for it down the line who has to maintain it and that the, the answer is our local government a lot of them you can see through the statistics, the vast majority of local governments are almost underwater. Uh, we're having a lot of problems paying employees. We're having a lot of problems filling uh, necessary services that are required to, to run a society. And we're not addressing those problems. Uh, and that ties in with the debt because one of the places that the United States owns the most debt to is not to China. It's not to Japan. It's to ourselves. The most of yeah. the United States debt is owed to itself. So there's, we need to think outside of the box and understand where that debt's coming from. And a lot of it is coming from local governments and state governments loaning the federal government money. And we can use this as an opportunity to uh, cut off that, that debt by improving our localities, bailing out our municipal governments so they can actually have the resources to and – that, and that goes to everything. If you look at the, over, the reason, one of the reasons over policing happens so much is that these smaller communities, a lot of them, make the majority of their money from police officers ticketing people, and that causes police officers to be overworked, which causes more police officers to be hired, people brought in from outside the community to police people in this in, in communities across the country, and that causes more violence it causes more chances for there to be like if you're going out there and trying to over police everybody and this happens in our schools too you're going to find trouble and you're going to find reasons to ticket people and it has to do with funding and it has to do with our local government, and that kind of connection is not something that's talked about at all not republicans not democrats mm-hmm. the fed mentions it and the fed does stuff about it but Our politicians aren't doing anything, and it's a ticking time bomb. Very good.
4: Okay, Mr. Arthur, I know you have a a question, and then we'll go to uh, Dr. Hagney, and then back to uh, uh, Pastor Cooper, and. um and Miss Rianna and I have had comments, and then we're going to bring in our, our last guest for the evening, and we want you to stick around because there are some things that this guest is going to talk about that you should be able to work on once you get to Congress, uh, Devin. And then we're going, to, uh, we're going to get you to give us how people can reach you, how they can donate to you, so forth and so on. You know the typical stuff that you do when you're running right, right. Uh, for office. Yes, but go ahead, Mr. Arthur.
3: Yes. Uh, 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 thanks for being on the show tonight, young man. Uh, what now, Given the current environment that we're in and looking toward the future, uh, what does the future look like to you 10 years from now, from, where, from your perspective?
6: Oh, I would like to say, first off, it's probably going to be hotter. Uh, <laughs> And really, when we look to the future and what's, what's going to happen, I'm not a soothsayer. I'm not Nostradamus. I don't, I don't have a crystal ball to see what the future looks like, but look what's on our plate. We have global warming. We have inflation. We have the energy crisis that isn't going away. The Texas legislature, with our power grid, had the potential to, like, hook up with the federal government to make sure none of these power problems would ever happen again, but it's not. And as progress and as weather and our climate progressively gets worse and worse, uh, the cost for all of this is going to go up. And whether or not you believe in global warming is man-made or not, that doesn't matter because we do know, we do know that the temperature is rising. There is more CO2 in our atmosphere than ever before. And that causes real, real threat to our infrastructure, to our local government, to our everyday lives, we see the the crisis that's going on at the border from these refugees from Haiti, from Central America, and all over. Even people coming coming from the Middle East, a lot of it has to do with them being climate refugees. Uh, yeah. There are already countries in the world, like in Nigeria, they moved the capital from Lagos further inland to Indonesia. They're moving the capital from Jakarta to something further inland. This isn't, this is something that's happening. And even 10 years from now, we are going to be able to see these impacts of what it's going to be. So we need hope. We need somebody who's going to actually look at these problems in the eye and not just say, oh, well, we're going to tax gas. And that's all we're going to do, right? We need like a real, Boots on the ground solution because it proves everybody's lies. I mean, because the people that are affected the most by climate change, the people who are affected the most by all these current events that are happening. They're happening to our backyard. It's going to happen to the south. It's happening already to the south. Uh, environmental racism is one of the biggest problems that we're going to that we're facing now and that we'll continue to face. And we need to find a real solution to deal with this changing world, whether it's politically, whether it's environmentally, we need to actually see what it's going to be. And we have those models that can predict that.
4: Very good. Good point. Okay, very good. Good question. What about you, uh, Pastor Cooper? Any comments? We know that Pastor Cooper is running for governor for the state of Texas, and so you guys are going to be spending a lot of time with each other. So, Pastor Cooper, do you have any uh,
7: Questions or comments uh, for our special congressional uh, candidate for the evening? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, your name is Gavin, or are uh, you saying Gavin. Gavin? Gavin. G A V I N. Okay. Okay, great. Because I was, I was on your uh, page there, looking at all. You're already in fights with people in position. That, that's a good sign. you uh, <laughs> you're you're, uh, mm-hmm. you're protesting well, getting into good trouble. Uh, the other question I have for you Because the Republican Party Normally raise money uh, Raise Democrats uh, When it comes to that w- How are you going to attack that uh, Is that an issue What are your thoughts on uh, fundraising
6: So I would like To first start out by saying That am I allowed To talk about the last candidate Is that sure is that okay can. Um well let's just say the last Democratic candidate was given uh, an excessive war chest to work with. I'd also in regards to that like to note out that um it was about as successful as any other campaign that any Democrat has ever run. It's Not better, just about the same as everything else. Uh as far as funding goes, I have a small base that I can work with when push comes to shove. Uh, I've got friends all over. Uh, I'm born and raised in East Texas. I have connections all over. But it's more than just that. I've been working with these grassroots organizations to get people together, to get a network together of, of people who really want to make a change. Uh, we also have – I come from a background in fundraising – and uh, working events. I did it more for private lines of work, but uh, a lot of the, the same general rules apply, especially we're going to be working to create events to get people in the community engaged, to get people registered to vote, but also to create our own pool of individuals to contact. Because I'll say this. Some of the the democratic resources that we the resources from the democratic party we've been given have been a little bit lacking in some areas. Uh, this region isn't generally a region that we even that for for the most part we we rarely run somebody in this position. It's it's not something that happens every year. Uh, a part of that will be. Uh, Creating a new base, creating a new voter base, using the existing bases we have now to reach out to people, but also uh, bringing new people into the... It's going to be a major part of this. I want this to be a grassroots campaign through and through. That's not to say I wouldn't accept large individual donations or anything, but I really want this to be a campaign for the people. Uh, and That's what I was looking all for. Of the, <laughs> All mm-hmm. of the all of the resources that have been made available to me by all these very special voting groups uh we're going to have no problem getting the donors together to create a campaign to do something because it's not about how much money you have it's how much how creative you are and how much work you want to put in and
4: outstanding I'm going to put that over. answer. Love that answer Love that answer (laughs) Okay Mm -hmm. Very, very good All right Uh, uh, Governor, If you tell us uh, Your website And your information Or anything How people can reach out To you Uh, Then, by all means, give it to us, and then we want you to stick around uh, as we bring in this next uh, veteran, a a great soldier that I have the distinct pleasure of serving with uh, during wartime uh, that will introduce herself a little bit later on uh, once we bring her in. So uh, give us how we can find you.
6: Well, uh, so first and foremost, I'd like to say uh, I was asked fairly recently. Uh, so we're just now we're finishing we're finishing all the filing we're finished, so we don't have a campaign website ne- yet. However, um, I have an email. I would I have a number. Uh, I'm gonna reach me at uh, gavin doc at gmail dot com g a v i n d a s s. I would love to put anybody who's interested message me and. We will put you on a list serve. We're going through a lot of the – we're kind of – a lot of it has to do with nobody was going to run and somebody needed to step up up to the plate, so we're putting everything together right now. Uh, We have all the resources available. I will keep everybody updated for when we have an actual campaign website. We should have it in the next couple of days.
4: Very good. We well, thank you so much uh, for being on with us tonight. I tell you, uh, running for District 1 congressional seat in East Texas, a young fella that stepped up to the plate, and we really appreciate that. So stick around with us. We're going to mm-hmm. actually go ahead. It's uh, 859. Uh, Ms. Rihanna, I'm sure that that line is open. It's the um, San yes. Antonio number. Okay, so uh, uh, my Dear friend, come right in and introduce yourself and tell us what you want us to know. We're going to be talking about uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and military sexual trauma. And we're going to talk about uh, animal therapy as well. Welcome to Marvelous Monday. It's Great to have you on with us tonight. Go ahead.
8: Okay. Can you hear me? Hold we on. can
4: hear you. Thank you so much for being with us. Go ahead.
8: Okay. Okay. Um Uh, I didn't didn't plan to be in the the service. I saw that there was something that I could do on my own and uh, get money for. So I started out in the Air Force, and once I was finished with that, then I went into the Army. And at that time, I decided to be a military officer. And I basically... As my husband says, i you know scratched my way up to get where I am today, and many times um you know the higher ranking people think that uh that you've gotten you know by uh, different ways to go up to the top and um in my last uh position, I came into the um army. I mean into back into the National Guard and during that time I've been deployed 3 times. All of them have been well except one. I was going to Saudi. The second one um in support of Bosnia and the last one to Afghanistan. And when I was over in Afghanistan um, uh you know at a uh, mature age, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> as as I say, you get like wine, you get better with age. Anyway, uh, my commander that I went over there with, uh, being in my background, I didn't always get to the, go to the field, such as in infantry and stuff. So I had to re uh, familiarize my stuff, being out in the field, you know, qualifying. War with your military Weapon and uh doing All the things they had to go through But I know he saw me As different of course I was You know and Again of course the majority of them, Um your unit is Going to be male so it's like 10% females in the Nineties So right. uh go ahead. No go ahead. As, yeah. mm-hmm. go ahead As it is um uh, I was a finance officer in my position over there, and basically the last position was in Afghanistan, and we were going over there to train the Afghanistan. Uh, and, um, you know, they have a way of di- doing differently. <laughs> They're kind uh-huh. of behind the times, and you, they actually bring the money out into the field and pay the Afghanistan's Their money and uh, They do allow Their children to come and get the money And and They have to you know there's not no 7-Eleven or (laughs) Any different uh, Grocery stores out there where They so they have to walk back You know to their home and Give the money you know to the parents so They can do their obligations So um one of the uh, um, male officers was confiding in me and, you know, how he was having a tough time and, you know, he was talking about things that he did, you know, to get by. And it's like, what are we talking about? Why are you bringing that up? I didn't say anything like I want to talk about those things. So... um so it made me real feel uneasy, and I never knew um, that um, you know sexual trauma can occur without something physical happening. You know, day after day they're making comments. I'm glad you're here. You know this and that, and it's like you know they're making me feel uncomfortable. And then I realized that um my military. Career and It was like body shaming Well there's you know there's people that Are bigger and different Things like that and maybe don't look You know as beautiful as other ones Well I was on the opposite end Where you know I was You know attractive And um And they tried to challenge me Many times to see If they could um If they could bring me down And um And even my commander, when I took my qualification with my weapon or when we go out in the field, we have to do our land nav, and he says, well, I can help you with that. It's like, wait a minute. (laughs) That's not appropriate. Um, So, again, there's many things that, you know, were really peculiar, and I knew, as they say, if it doesn't feel right, you know, that many times you are... In a difficult situation, so one of the officers, that was a, um, a medical officer, said that the commander is after you, and it's like what? You know, you know he's going to bring you down. And again, he came from a Hispanic background, which I have no problems working with anyone. So again, that might be bothering him and how I carry myself, you know, and have my head up. You know, he felt like he could bring me down and many times he tried to, uh, make me the scapegoat when one of his, uh, officers was a lieutenant colonel and he had his weapon go off, you know, because he got too overzealous or whatever. He wasn't paying attention to what's going on and they tried to get me the guinea pig that it was my fault that he did that and that wasn't the case. So, Again I did have problems over there and because I did talk a lot. They um <laughs> <laughs> which I come from a German background so you know, that's the way it goes. And again, right. as my nephew said, I, I might have a lot to talk about so that's why I talk French. And I'm overzealous. Right. And so uh I knew I found out along the way That, again, if something happens and you're sick or they think that you need to go, you know, for a checkup, and, again, if something medical, uh, mental is wrong, they definitely look, uh I say they look down on you. Because you can tell, you know, by looking at them. And, again, we had our training, you know, when somebody's trying to bring you down so but let me um, let me jump
4: in for a, a second. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a, a couple of questions um and thank you so much for coming on and being with us uh, about i think uh miss Rihanna, maybe about fifteen years or so ago uh Miss Rihanna and I did a show with about um mm, say maybe even fifteen women Miss Rihanna, would you say I can't remember exactly how many <laughs> of my friends mm-hmm. it was It was yep. quite a good nymph, right somewhere like that came out of dallas texas um uh, because I was my volunteer work um, at the VA uh, placed me uh, in front of them, and at that time, I, I as you know, I used to be the um, sexual harassment officer for the Fifth Army, and so I saw a lot of that in my career. And then consideration of others officer, and so uh, and the EEOC officer for the Fifth Army. So I saw. A lot of that, but I did not realize how, how frequently military sexual trauma really existed in the military mm-hmm. until we uh, started to uh, interview uh, these young ladies, and the, these young ladies were in uh, the group sessions there uh, here at, at the VA hospital. So we found out, I found out that one in three women uh, in mm-hmm. the military experienced uh, military sexual trauma so so what you what I heard you say, I believe I heard you say, is that that it doesn't always it can be in words, and like you said if if you hear something that doesn't feel good, mm-hmm. doesn't sound right they they always told us to speak up and say something correct
1: mhm. And that's so, correct. so
4: when you, right, so when you spoke up, did you speak up to someone in the military, and that's why you saw that they were trying to pull you down? And by the way, uh, we want people to know that you were retired major, same as my. Mm-hmm. We, we retired out the same way, and everything. We served mm-hmm. together, and so, uh, t- so tell us if, if the person, if there was someone there. In particular, that was making these advancements toward you, and then you spoke up, and then they tried to uh, ruin your career. Is that what you're telling us?
8: That's well, I did not. I I'm sure there was somebody, but at the time, when you're going into a situation, as I was, you know, pay is pretty important. You want those things done. Sure. Sure. So, uh, one of the officers you know, remarked that, you know, why are you calling your husband, you know, at 2 o'clock in the morning? Well, you know, number one, that's none of his business. Number two, that's when my husband was, you know, having lunch on the other side of the world. So yeah. he thought that, you know, he tried to bring me down that, you know, he can't, he can't do anything out there. He doesn't know who my husband is. And, again, many times when you present yourself as a confident person, That's when they start really blowing up their chest, and I was airborne qualified, and I was cornered by two of them, a major and a colonel, and asked me, had the audacity to ask me, did I go buy my medal at the store or something, like I wasn't entitled to it. I had to work very hard. So uh, there were people there, but, um, you know, I had a job to do, and... He tried to rape me, and he wasn't in my chain. And the people back, you know, in the United States said, wait a minute, you don't have anything to do with her, and that's not appropriate. So, mm-hmm. again, I had people in my corner, and I did have one of the soldiers remark, and I was in Lisbon before, that, you know, before we went over, you know, he says, man, he says, you really, he said, you're, you know, you, I really look up to you. And again, basically it is, is I don't reveal myself because I want to know about you. You know, I know about me, and I don't believe in people that I can do this and I can do that. Well, I can do those things. And again, because I'm more mature, and they think what's on the outside doesn't go along, they have no idea. They're judging me from the outside. So that didn't bother me. So I kept on going and going and going and um, and that's where it, they once you start going out and once they you know put a like a little tag on you, just like a animal or right. deer or what have you, then you don't go back because you're you know everything is fast forward, so I know that there was someone there, and I already felt you know you know awkward and. And, uh, you know, they cut, you catch you off guard because I'm honest and I'm, you know, that's, I re- believe in the principles. If you do something, admit sure. it and, sure. and go about your way. So again, right. Um, along the way, my husband actually came over there and to me with me and he was accompanying my, him, myself back, which he can do. Right. And right. That, that made him more, you know, <laughs> infuriated. About the whole situation And as it turned out Once I left Then they really started preying on the other Females Yes that's right And and I was Not shocked by it Because my husband didn't know him But I just couldn't believe Somebody you know we're over there to work As a team we're over there to help Them And then he was doing stuff like that to me
4: Right, well, let me jump in for a second, as you know, when we retired out and uh, we wanted to give back, so we went back and started to volunteer at the v a hospital and we were working really hard uh, with women mm-hmm. who experienced the military sexual trauma mm-hmm. and in order to for them to try to be paid by the uh, the veterans Affairs uh, organization so that so that they could have some compensation for what they experienced while they were in the military. And as you know, mm-hmm. uh, they worked really hard to make sure that the words military sexual trauma was not on the paperwork. They would say, uh, rather than military sexual trauma, they would say PTSD. They eventually did get paid, but it was more the women felt better if it said military sexual trauma because that's exactly mm-hmm. uh, what it was. Mm-hmm. Even though uh, I'd say the military sexual trauma falls under the heading, because obviously you know you can get PTSD from uh, being sexually mm-hmm. abused, even whether you're in the civilian world or, or the military mm-hmm. world, it, it, you can get the PTSD. So, um, mm-hmm. so, uh, so you want to dialogue a little bit on how that you were able to have the animal
8: therapy. Uh, you have a, you mm-hmm. have an animal
4: right now, right? You want to talk a little bit That's about correct. that. Yes, my
8: yes, uh, um, myself and my husband again were combat soldiers. So I, I, uh, you know, again, mine happened to be purebred, which we, you know, we had uh, before um, regular, (laughs) not a service dog, and so again, that was odd. But you can you can pick up dogs, you know, at your local. Animal shelters and they look for Certain things in them and they and You can tell just like a person um, You know You know are they going to be Good with that person because you want To match up the dog to the person And again it's a long road And it's very um, It's very uh, It's very difficult because We have to do a number of Things in order to get our Dog certified as a Service dog because you don't want somebody The dog going into the and start Barking and stuff like that So the dog has to go through Qualification just like he's a soldier And again many people don't Understand it and of course You know sometimes I didn't Before is they want to pet the dog Well the dog is on duty The dog (laughs) Many times watching you for Cues so you won't do Something to them as my husband said So I won't you know bite you you know, it's right. funny, but not. And so many many people can't understand why a soldier does what they do many times. And they've tried and tried and tried different ways. And after a while, guess what? You give up. And you get mad and you get angry. I've been a lot of anger management classes, and it doesn't bother me to go because every time I go, guess what? I learn another thing. Very
4: good. And
8: Very good. And that's how I can help other people that... Didn't have that determination Because you feel like dirty And you didn't do anything wrong So they came on to you And because that happened You're being You know like you're a a sexual person I actually had one officer tell me Well women know how to do that They know how to turn it on And they know what they're doing No No. You know I don't care where he came from No that's not correct Women aren't like Predators. Yeah, let me go get that guy. You know, that's not the case. And so well, ma'am, again, we have... on go ahead. go ahead. I'm
4: sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go
8: ahead. I guess I... what I'm trying to say a service animal is very is something that you do need. And a fellow officer uh friend recommended that I do get one and I thought, Well, if he said that, you know, You know, I'm going to listen. I'm going to go and find out everything. That's the way I work. And so,
1: that's
8: right. It was helped me through a lot of things and made our relationship, you know, more stronger than before. Because we knew how much they meant to us. And they can they they can judge right away. I mean, the animal, you know, can really come on to the people. And and again, they're intimidated by his size. You can have a service dog at any size, but Again, you That's find right. out, you know, through your local, do a, a search on Google in your local community. You can do it on your own, and they do have a system where, you know, the military does pay. And I'm not too positive about that, but it's a longer road because, again, you need that service called today, not tomorrow. There you go.
4: Very good. So I, for those that are listening out there, I really appreciate, uh, your sharing your story tonight. And I, I want all of those to know that this, this is a very smart major that we're, we're talking to. And let me just share with you, um, a major that we have two veterans on, uh, Dr. Richard Hagney, a pharmacist that mm-hmm. is part of the, our team. And then, uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. Arthur Flemings, who is also, um, uh military and so they Mm -hmm. both of them may have a question or two for you and then we'll go to Pastor Cooper Mm -hmm. and uh and and Miss Rihanna. But I really appreciate your coming on tonight and sharing and talking more about this because more people need to know just exactly Mm -hmm. uh what it what what we've tried to hide. And I say the reason mm-hmm. why I say we is because I'm part of the military, even though that's not anything mm-hmm. that I have tried to hide. As a matter of fact, we've tried to expose mm-hmm. to let people know what women mm-hmm. and men one out of one in fifty men mm-hmm. uh, have mm-hmm. experienced uh, military sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. But we'll start with you, Doctor Hagney, if you have any questions or comments for this major. If you can unmute, Dr. Hagney.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: I'm, I'm honored to hear you, Mary, and <laughs> your story. So personal, so from your heart. I kept wondering, what percentage? I mentioned you mentioned how how current is this? How widespread? And where do you see the future uh, um, heading with this uh, this issue, this problem? How, how widespread is it? And uh, and what can be done uh, in addition to what currently been done? To, uh, to I'm just saying about young ladies who are looking forward to going into the military or want to go into military careers and everything. I'm just wondering, what are they facing?
8: Uh, I just have some uh, – I've enrolled There's different systems through the VA, and there's uh, another system called the VET program, and the VET program is set up for people And during Vietnam, because they had so many soldiers coming back with different things. So I actually, you know, currently am having a psychologist and both of them. You know, I'm hoping to get, you know, every, you know, it's been 2007 since I've gotten out. And it just seems like yesterday. So I've been working like a dog to get compensation for that. And I told them a long time ago that I have it. So... Uh, I'm just reading right now. Is that it says the national data from the program revealed that one in three and one one in fifty men respond yes that they have experienced MST. And I do know um, that I've been in a position where you know where people give confidence and and such as myself is one. Somebody says, don't say anything. Well, I don't say anything. But there are ways that you can make sure that that person gets the help. And I'm the first one in their corner, and I'll, you know, I'll bite the bullet, you know, whatever it is, because right is right and wrong is wrong. So, again, you know, and the the statistics change as we go along, more and more comes out, just like the civilian will, And it's hard to understand, well, why didn't you come forward before? And you feel, you know, you push it back and you think, Well, I'm okay, I'm okay. But no, you're not because you know, you can go off at any time and I've exhibited that because again I keep on doing stuff, doing stuff and they do sometimes over medicate. But uh, the soldiers right. don't want to take don't take stuff. So again, what I'm saying is it is out there and I can spot it and I When I look at someone, I can feel that it's just like an animal that you feel the desperation because they're put in the corner and, you know, everything's Mm. okay with you. So, Mm. again, it's very, you know, and I encourage them and I I tell them that, you know, that. So, you know, that's why I keep on going back and back. So hopefully different things come up that they get better and better. And they have in the Mm. VA, but, again, they have a long way to go.
4: Still a long there way to go. And, and, Dr. H- Doctor Hagney, I want to address a little bit, uh, because I am a service officer, so we worked hand-in-hand uh, hand with, uh, in particular, women with military sexual trauma. Uh, but, uh, but of course, as I mentioned, they didn't really use MST. They used PTSD. But they can get up to 100% as of uh, in 2018. They went up to uh, a person who experienced uh, MST, or PTSD uh, can get over three thousand dollars per month if they are at one hundred percent. Most of most uh, will that have experienced this eventually, but it took a long time to get up mm-hmm. to that. As I said, we uh, she got out in two thousand and seven. I got out in two thousand and nine, and so I immediately went to uh, start volunteering and becoming a service officer. But look how long it took for for uh, them to finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of 2018, to be exact, that they would pay Mm -hmm. uh, these women and men, uh, in particular lots of women, uh, this money uh, in order to compensate for them. And then it can increase as the cost of living goes up. It can increase. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Dr. Hackney. That was was perfect.
3: Yes, Thank Mm -hmm. you.
4: What about you, uh, Mr. Arthur? Any comments uh, for you for the major?
3: Uh, You guys want to say thank you for your service, Major. Um, uh, Thank uh, you very much. Thank you very much. As a Vietnam veteran, when I was listening at you talk, <clears throat> all I could think about was uh, mm-hmm. re- replace what you were saying with sexual and put and put racism in there, and the and the same program went down, and I and I was saying I would submit to you is still going down today, and there is no category for that, right? You know, you can't go say so, hey. I don't I understand. What did you uh, say, say
8: the, it again? You
3: said uh, as I was listening at you talk. About the about the harassment you received, and you know about how they did you, and all that kind of stuff. As a Vietnam veteran, I'm saying that the same thing happened, except for the title is racism. Within the system, the the same thing, the harassment, the 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 making certain folks if you're going to stay in, you have to acquire a certain kind of attitude, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't get that attitude, mm-hmm. then you know they don't want you. in. you know, so and and then when you get out, that's traumatizing, especially if you're a young a young oh, yeah. man. It is
1: true.
3: And you know, you ain't nothing about it. You know, you come in thinking everybody gonna be right, right? Come in and mm-hmm. miss that. So when you get out, you got PTSD, mm-hmm. and then you go to the VA. This is what they did with the Vietnam veterans. Mm-hmm. They they gave them drugs, and and, yeah. and that's why yeah. most of them dead now. That's why most of them dead now. Yeah. That's what they did to the Vietnam veterans. Yeah. So I'm just saying that that same racism model that, yes. that that goes on that same sexual path you're talking about is still in mm-hmm. place, and nobody's recognized.
8: Mm-hmm. it. That's true. And, again, I had one fellow soldier that I could see, he had that faraway look. And many times, you know, you've seen different programs in Vietnam where they're not talking. And, you know, people, why don't you talk? Why don't you talk? You know, again, if you talk too much, you're in trouble, mm-hmm. and I did actually not talk, and they thought I couldn't talk. So it's like sure. I lose no matter which way I go. So again, exactly. it didn't. Dis- it didn't discourage me, and I'm sorry that they did that to you because I know where you're coming from, and you know. Oh, they um, just,
3: no, no, like no, no, I, I was speaking. Uh, okay, I was speaking as. Uh, as okay, general. I mean, I had my ballot. I had my ballot, and, mm-hmm. and I dealt with mine. So I came out a little bit mm-hmm. better than most folks. I didn't, you know, you, you mm-hmm. know, it doesn't give me drugs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying that uh, it, it, that the that the very issue of PTSD mm-hmm. slash racism in the mm-hmm. military is still mm-hmm. at play. Now they are, we're addressing the sexual part That's right true. now, but uh, yes. nobody's addressing that addressing the racial part. That's all I'm saying, and it's just as prevalent as it was. I'm sure when I was in.
8: Again, I right. you know we would the the military people coming back from overseas because I came through. Uh, Walter Reed, you know, and that's the very best care up there. So, uh, of course, I'm going to be noticed, you know, but everybody looked up to me, and I I felt like my husband said, they look up to you, and I felt, you know, I don't deserve that, and I finally came to a conclusion, whether I said one day or 100 days or four years over there, why didn't somebody else go along with me, you know? Why didn't they, you know, I have actually had a cousin that said, well, we don't have a retirement like you do. I'm thinking, sister, you could have gone over there, too. You know, you were doing other things. And, again, one of my fellow officers and my first said, well, you didn't seem like this and you didn't seem like that. Well, I don't have to seem like anything. I see, you know, a job that has done. I see the opportunity, and I go for it. And guess what? If you don't see everything or I see a certain thing in you, I'll help you along any day of the week. Because that's what it is about, everybody helping each other. Not yeah, exactly. you, them, you over there. You know, mm-hmm. over there, them, you know. No, don't. I came up with the, the acronym TRIBE. We're all in the tribe. You know, I don't have to say, well, I'm green and you're yellow. And come on. Because guess what? I've been on all those sides, and I'm proud of it. You know, my dad, I I determined... You know, they go, well, this one guy, I can't figure it out. Well, guess what? All along the way, I just get more and more things. I did something for you, Uh something for, and, and before you know it, I have all these things, and they think, well, you're just, you know, making it up, you know. No, I listen. I listen to my elders. I listen. I'm reading. And, again, now I came to the conclusion I feel like I, I came on my lockdown, because my psychiatrist said, well, hey, there's a drug out there called Zoloft. And and, mm-hmm. and I guess the generic name is Sertaline. And, again, I saw in my husband a difference what it made in his. And he just recently told me, well, that's Zoloft. Guess what? My dad had it a long time ago. And he had Alzheimer's. And he called that, you know, he called that his memory pill. Well, guess what? It is kind of memory. And so things came out in my dad, and luckily the lady that treated him, she was from India. So my dad couldn't understand, what is this lady? You know, because she's not used to a, you know, female. And um, so, again, I already know the person that did studies on it, you know, and it's in San Antonio. I'll say where it is. And, again, we... Because I was, my husband and I had, you know, we became the caregivers for my father. And my mother was, you know, in, involved in an accident where she lost her, almost lost her life. And uh, and the doctor said, well, did you take that? You increase it? My psychiatrist, you know, again, I asked to, because I noticed the difference. You know, in my attitude, Well, wow, I started singing and this and that. Wow, she's going crazy. No, we did that at the house. That. You sing, everybody sing, but just because you don't doesn't mean maybe you didn't have an opportunity, you know, so again, you know, I'll teach you the songs, you don't have to know the words, you can hum it, you can do it, whatever, and yeah. it makes you happy and that and there and there is something very important about it, no matter what you have it, and that's music, it really makes a difference, and sure. you. So, again, uh I advocate for the soldiers that are out there or the people that just got it, and I think the people, the young ones that have gotten out of high school. And I always ask, you know, what are you doing? You know, because I'm close to a, a military, I can go there and I say, are you, right. you know, are you out of school? And, again, I start talking to them about it because I want them to know that there is opportunities out there. And don't give up. You know, That's don't right. give up and go for it. Very good. Thank you. Pastor for that Cooper, question. we're going to bring
4: you in. Yeah, we're going to bring you in, and then we're going to go and get Gavin and bring him in because we're talking about things that need to change on the federal level when it comes to, mm-hmm. um, to veterans. We've heard the story of how this major experienced things, and so it's going to be dropped in Gavin's lap uh, for uh, mm-hmm. how we treat our veterans in, in this country. But Pastor Cooper, go ahead with your comments or questions, please. Thank you.
7: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for your service also. Uh, Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Yes. (laughs) And um, also thank you for not allowing uh, what could have caused you misery uh, to take over your life, and you made it a a ministry. Uh, My background Mm -hmm. is in in psychology and and, uh, pastoral counseling. And so the things Mm -hmm. that you're doing with the therapy uh, of the animals, service animals, Mm -hmm. is incredible. I'm Mm -hmm. also on the board there in East Texas, in Jasper, Texas, Champion Oaks Ranch where we do equestrian Mm -hmm. therapy Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. with troubled teens. And it's Mm -hmm. absolutely a jewel Mm -hmm. because I'm one of those guys that advocate. Now, we have to use medication. I understand that we have a pharmacist online. We have to do that. But uh, I'm an advocate for cognitive uh, therapy.
1: Mm
7: -hmm. Yeah, right. uh, Mm -hmm. BET, uh, all kind of uh, uh, therapy where, you know, it's dealing with. A, a routine mm-hmm. dealing with experience, controlled therapy, all of these mm-hmm. procedures before we go to the medication. And I understand that the brain has to go through that process, mm-hmm. and, and we have to use mm-hmm. the, the, the medicine to do it. I try to wing you off, and, and so doing what you're doing with the mm-hmm. service animals, incredible. And I was just in airport this past week, and they have mm-hmm. a place down for you to go. And relieve your service animal in the airports. Are uh, they making it uh, more comfortable for them to travel? Oh, that's uh, wonderful. It, it used to be a, yeah, it used to be an issue. So uh, mm-hmm. again, I hope the listeners are learning mm-hmm. something here tonight. Uh, and and mental abuse. Matter of fact, uh, when I was trained similarly, uh, we to counsel. We we didn't even counsel physical abuse. We, we say we don't tolerate that. Uh, we we file charges. We we, we, uh, teach them the fits from that, and we separate the the couple or the people from the company or whatever's going on. But Mm -hmm. mental abuse and verbal abuse is is some Mm -hmm. of the worst forms of abuse because you can't see the pain. Now, there's some uh, repercussions, uh, Mm -hmm. but you can't see it, and and so it takes the time for it to develop. So kind of just talk about that a little bit, you know, suffering in silence, as I call it.
8: Yeah. Uh, Myself? Are you talking yes. about that? Yes, if you are. Yeah, yeah, Experience, yes. yes. Well, yes. that's when I go. I go to YouTube many times, or different ways at the library. You don't. You don't have to have a car, or whatever, and you don't have to buy a book. Go to the library, and now they have stuff online. So again, I, I search for the answer, and and I have guess what? I have an aunt that it looks like her <clears throat> father, you know, abused her. You know, to what extent? Wow. I don't know. And at one time, she asked to live with us, and I asked my mom, hey, why didn't you let her stay? Again, we just, we didn't really, it was just a one-bedroom place. And so, and then, I, you know, I know I'm pushing her, and not because it's my way, because she has to get out. She goes, don't you ever, ever talk about that. Well, there must be something there, you know. So, you know, you feel awkward, and, you know. Guess what? I have that information. Guess what? I'm going to carry that information to my aunt, because guess what? That aunt let me have my one and only job as a babysitter, and that was her child. <laughs> and I, and I say, and her name is Betty. What would Betty do? You know? And that gets me even going more. Okay, let me have the dirtiest hole. What? What's a big deal about it? You know? You know? And, and I don't matter. You know? So, uh, you know, I and, and like, I can scream. I can talk loud wow i didn't know you were like that well i don't like injustice i don't like it and as my husband says it's not right but i came to the conclusion also it's like i'm coming up with these ideas and again uh, you know you can't throw a lot of my husband says man i'm, I'm a man and that's not you know it can be anyone i can only do one thing at a time oh, okay okay and there is something to say we're systematic but i learned Different things along the way And I'm thinking You know how do I know this Well my dad said this And so you know I was the oldest My husband was the oldest We have a similarity So he told me every day And I just learned that I don't know within Well I don't know about two weeks Every day which he did not tell me His mom picked a word You know and every day it's a new word And she would tell him the definition of it You know and how to you know Pronounce it phonetically yeah. But guess what she didn't Say well let's spell it this way He goes I know it but I don't Know it's like you know What I can do the phonetic <laughs> I can go that way It's a lot of easier right I don't have to Worry about how to spell E and I And all this but Again uh, as One uh, doctor said And again I know I'm On the track when <laughs> You know, the head of the unit that, you know, I said, you know, we have places that are um, student training, you know, and do you mind if so-and-so, you know, comes in on this and listens what you have to say? And then when he comes on his lunch hour and says to me, so I said, no, I will not take that because I just want to know what it is. I know there's good and bad. And as my mom said, it might work for you. It's for this. And for me, it's that. You know, it, it is kind of confusing. I didn't understand it. But uh, he came over there and said, unless you take it, I'm not letting you out of here. Guess what? I took that sugar and then, you know, you know, if if it starts making me feel weird, you know, no. And that's just one example. When he comes on his lunch break and it's a one-to-one thing, it's like, whoa, something's here. He ain't going to let me out. He says, just take it, you know you know, again, you've got to check the box. It's always about the box. Well, I already came right. to the conclusion, the people at the top, forget about those people. Start with the people at the bottom. And again, you know, maybe finally the young or teach the other ones, well, have to, you know, we don't have to do it this way anymore. We don't have to. We change. The sooner we change, as my husband said, you know, there's going to be more people out there. And, um, that do having to do with you know the police activity on both sides of the track, There's always somebody you know not right on both sides, and again there's a proper way to do stuff, and there's not. And and if you don't do it right, right, you know, hey, you need to go back, as my husband said, for training or out. And so you know, ship ahoy, get busy, you know, you know. Okay, I'm gonna up, jump in. You know. uh,
4: I'm gonna jump in, Major, <laughs> because I want to bring in. Um, uh, Gavin, but uh, let's see. I, I had another comment I wanted to to bring. Gavin, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you back in, but before before I do that, I, I want to find out we have a a guest that's on with us tonight at 903 504 number, and so if um, <laughs> if that's a number that's in in my uh contacts. If you can text me to let me know who you are. I don't recognize the number right now. That person is trying to get in uh to make some comments. But uh Gavin, come on in and, and um uh, dialogue a little bit on how uh you may be able to to work on behalf of veterans, anybody that's running for a, a federal office that always want to make sure that veterans are cared for in this country, I push them one hundred percent. And then and then we know that you're going to. You, you already mentioned uh, who uh, is going to be on the Republican ticket that's made his announcement today, and that's a Judge, uh, that's Judge Nathaniel. Moran. He is the county judge in Smith County. But go ahead, Gavin, and uh, talk to us a little bit uh, about how you would be able to work on helping uh, things level out for veterans, and in particular those uh, who have experienced military sexual trauma. Go ahead. Unmute yourself, Gavin. I think you're still on. Mm -hmm. Yes, go ahead. Ms. Rihanna, is he still on with us? I think. Let me see. I get a message from him. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Come on in and talk to us. Hmm. He just sent me a message. He said I got disconnected. That's him. So that's his 504 number, Ms. Rihanna, so you can bring him back in. Oh, oh, gotcha.
6: (laughs) Hello, sorry about that. I got...
2: I got disconnected
6: halfway through, but I I got back in. Okay, very
2: good. Very good. I'm coming. I'm sorry for my delay on that.
6: (laughs) No, it's okay. Um, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for your service. You've done you've done some. You really carved a path for all the women uh, that are coming after you. I know uh, in my school, uh, so many young men and women. Mm-hmm. They see the military as a way out, and a lot of them are are ignorant to the little parts of, like, it's one – because you know what you're getting into for the most mm-hmm. part, but it's all these little things uh, they don't think mm-hmm. about, and, mm-hmm. and it's glad to know that they have a strong like, – you've helped create this strong um, safety net as time goes on, because really, it's people like you that are able to – to, to solve stuff like this, to let people mm-hmm. know like what's actually happening. Cause not a lot of people mm-hmm. really do. Um, mm-hmm. I like to say I, uh, due to my condition, I was never able to serve, but ever since I was a little kid, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to, and I have, I've had friends who is, who died in Afghanistan. I've had friends mm-hmm. who went off, mm-hmm. um, and, had to deal with a really a lot of hard something no one my age really should have to go through uh, but mm-hmm. when i look at the the politics of it and see what's happening especially mm-hmm. to the va um mm-hmm. my family members a lot of my my mom and dad are older they're they're boomers mm-hmm. i guess you could say so i grew they're up mature around that. they're so, mature <laughs> yes yeah. so i grew up around a lot of vietnam veterans and i grew up around a lot of veterans uh, in general, and I've always mm-hmm. had this great respect and they tell and they tell me even now, I have this old work buddy who uh who served in Vietnam, and he's always talking to me about the v a how things are changing in the v a mm-hmm. and one of the things that's happening now is they're starting to break it up, they're creating they're trying to diversify more of it and put more veteran health care in the private sector, which mm-hmm. Yeah, which has a lot of negative consequences, Which th- for the cost, right? The people rag on the VA a lot, but it's provided a, a great service to a lot of people. It trains our doctors. Uh, mm-hmm. So many people start off with their their degree, their their path, their career as a doctor. They get trained at the VA. It's mm-hmm. a huge intellectual and cultural force in our healthcare system. And they're gutting mm-hmm. it uh, as it becomes mm-hmm. more and more expensive. They're trying to cast it. they're trying to cast all this work onto the private sector, which we know, like from the statistics, from the numbers, we know that the private sector in the United States has some of the worst healthcare outcomes out of any OECD mm-hmm. country. Like in the VA, and that's thing, like cost per cost. Going to the VA and to the government controlling that aspect of health care has been cheaper. But as the more and more veterans we have, the more and more it grows. They're looking toward these other solutions. And then so we have Republicans and Democrats essentially creating what may be down the line, like a fallout of the VA. And that's something we need to look to the future for. We need to understand how it works. And a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. And it's very sad. Because PTSD is one thing, but it's yeah. we all know it's more than just that. Environmental mm-hmm. health hazards, um, uh, cancer. There's so many things that first responders, that uh, people in the military, have to suffer through that aren't, mm-hmm. haven't ever really been properly addressed. And if we're looking mm-hmm. towards the future, now is the time. Now is the time where we can actually do something mm-hmm. and we can help people. We're so close. We're so close, yeah. and we just need leaders who will see the VA for what it's worth and understand that our veterans need help now. We don't need help five months from now when they come up with a bill. Like right. We need to help veterans now. That's right.
8: Very
4: good. Yeah, I, pre- I appreciate that um, very much, uh, Gavin. and anything that any person can do, uh, for mm. veterans, that's uh, on the federal level because we know that's where where it really works. But I want to make this uh, this announcement that here in Tyler, Texas, we just moved into our new. Uh, a massive clinic that's been built, mm. uh, here in Tyler, Texas, mm-hmm. uh, right mm-hmm. behind the Cumberland Mall, uh, they spent mm-hmm. on last week, uh, getting moved in and to that facility. So now what, when I came out of the military, retired out in 2009, I start pushing, uh, getting, um, mm-hmm. psychiatrists here, uh, mm-hmm. one-on-one, not not on your your television talking to somebody out of Dallas but to be able to hand in mm-hmm. hand uh, right there and so we were able to get uh, psych nurses mm-hmm. and then we were eventually able to get uh, social workers and mm-hmm. now we have psychiatrists mm-hmm. and now we have the dental mm-hmm. service and we have a lot mm-hmm. of things that will happen here in Tyler that we used to have to go up to Dallas uh, to get mm-hmm. from uh, MRIs to x-rays and all mm-hmm. of that so, so we're very proud to To have this facility open here, uh, opened on this past well, probably in full force on today because they spent uh, the few days just prior to uh, Thanksgiving and uh, setting up the clinic. And I don't even think that the telephone system is working quite right just now. Mm -hmm. I tried to uh, make that phone call today to make sure that the system was up and running and moving, and Mm -hmm. so we kept getting a constant busy signal. But but we to announce we're going to have open house soon so um
0: we'll uh,
4: we'll see more of that happening but we're very proud of uh mm-hmm. of it and uh, what we have been working really hard and fighting for to have here in tyler texas is now here in tyler texas so congratulations to um the veterans affairs administration mm-hmm. building us uh, and we thank uh, mr Farr who is the person who runs uh, the system here in tyler texas so uh, Gee whiz, it's 948. Um, let me tell you, Major, you have just given us a lot to, as the uh, ancestors <laughs> would say, to chew on. Uh, so we really appreciate all of the outstanding information. And, and I'll share with you guys once again that this major is very smart. She's a financial whiz, and she makes sure mm-hmm. that, that people got their pay. And so you know she was mm-hmm. important uh, to the unit because she made sure that um, we got our paychecks. And so we thank her for the um for her great service uh to this community, to the country. Uh Miss Rihanna, I don't know if you have any questions or comments. Uh it's nine forty nine now and we still got a little bit more time, but then uh in our last few minutes, uh Miss uh, 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 Major, we we actually will have uh, Pastor Cooper who is running for governor, and we want you to know because she, um, Pastor Cooper, she is located in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, we both <laughs> retired out of uh, Brook Army Medical Center in San Antonio, so uh, when she when you're down mm-hmm. in that area, we want to make sure that uh, that she tells everybody uh, what that yeah hook up and make sure that she tells all <laughs> your friends That's and family awesome. and those South that uh, that you're yes that you're You're running for uh, the governor for the state of Texas. And so, Mm. but Ms. Rihanna, any comments from you? Well, uh,
2: I want to get to Pastor Cooper's uh, stump speech. So I'll keep it just brief and say, I thank every veteran on this line Mm. for your service. And Major, you are a lioness, I mean, <laughs> don't cross me. <laughs> that, that's that's
8: that, exactly right. I, 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 we, we
1: know I, we I,
8: don't know how that means to you. I know the mood. My husband said, one arm okay, length. you got to be away from one arm length. That's a you know. <laughs> yeah, that's the zone. So all I yes. need is one wow. arm <laughs> length. One arm length. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I go be <laughs> I, oh, I believe it. I believe it. Thank you for everything that you've done and that you continue to do. Uh, thank you for just being you. The way that you express mm-hmm. uh, yourself is very comforting. And, you know, the reason women don't want to say anything, there's lots of reasons, but, you know, it, it sure is nice to have somebody, um that you just feel like you really could talk to. You do that. You just personify that. Um, yeah. it, it, you're amazing. Thank you. Thank,
8: Thank you very so much. Good. Outstanding. Y'all any final comments?
4: <laughs> yeah. For any final comments from you, uh, Major, before we bring uh, Pastor Cooper in to give us his stump speech and, and then final comments, and then we will. As a matter of fact, it's four. Before we bring Pastor Cooper in, we will actually uh, allow uh, Gavin to to have a, a, a quick stump stump speech as well, yes. and then we'll go to Pastor uh, Pastor Cooper. So, any final comments from you, Major?
8: Well, I just think that uh, there is something that you know uh, we found out we had some family over in Russia. And so look, I'm and so to... look, I'm to... <laughs> and that's on the program. And just I found that. The program I just like that, that. <laughs> yeah. I have a, a knack of being at the right place at the right time.
3: Right time. And yeah, she then,
8: did. And, and and uh, one of the pastors we got from my brother, you know, gave us a book, and it says, "This is on your birthday." And you know, and it's like, "Wait a minute, where did this come from? Out of my mom's stuff." And he gave us at the end of his funeral, and so I just happened to open it up, and it's comparing leaders, you know, that are out there, you know, to people that were in the Bible. And it's like, wow, the first thing I opened up, there's parts about doctors. I know somebody. I know a nurse, whatever. So, again, <laughs> it's a small, small world. It's not about how yeah. you're different and I'm this. Because, you know, you know, we made a barter system in and and the man was asking, well, what what do you see in me? I said, I see it, you know. You don't know how you've changed your life. It's like all of a sudden you've got a little, you know, jump in your step. And, you know, I've been working out with my dog, and I know we got the lose now. It's like that. Very, very good, very good. <laughs> so, again, well, thank I encourage so everybody, don't, don't give up.
4: Uh, very good. That's that's a great way to end it. And let me just tell you, uh, we became very close. I got to know her family uh, very very well. Her husband mm-hmm. and all of us. We just uh, we just had a great time serving uh, this country and this nation and and those uh, those uh, wounded and, warriors.
8: And, so thank you so much. And Denzel. So much. And Denzel Washington. Right. And,
4: well, <laughs> look at her. She knows. Now, now, so you, I'll, I'll, why don't you quickly tell the story about Denzel Washington? If you want to be real quick and tell that story, oh, okay, let me then. let me time
8: it, and I can do that too. <laughs> okay,
4: okay, okay. I'll give you a
8: minute. Um, he gave us opportunities in San Antonio, and he donated some money, you know, long ago, you know. And again, it started everything. And one of the most powerful movies I've said when he was in the. Navy, the Army, and Marines, and they had a show like that, and that pumped the people up, and I determined that, hey, instead of playing those Merry Christmas songs, because we all, you know, sometimes, you know, we all have, you know, it's a Merry Christmas. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm doing this stuff and that, but, you know, if you watch his movies and you watch that, it pumps you up. I don't care if you're on one leg or what, you know. So you it's like he's go. a man, yeah. and we and we did not get an opportunity to meet him.
4: Right. Well, and what happened, guys? that We were able to receive. Uh, he mm-hmm. handed over to us a million dollars to build. Uh, a fisher mm-hmm. house for us there in San Antonio. So we were able to, he came to our um, military ball. And and so then mm-hmm. his young son, all of his family, we were all there together, mm-hmm. enjoyed him and his family. And then uh he handed over that million dollars to us, and we were able to wow. uh, build a, a fisher house mm-hmm. there at Brook Army Medical Center. And then his son went into the military. So go ahead, Jelly, I'm going to give you, thank you so much, Major. uh we're mm-hmm. give you two minutes. Uh, to give you a stump speech, and then we're going to turn everything else over to uh, Pastor Cooper for the last uh, three or four minutes mm-hmm. of time. Go ahead, Devin.
6: So Devin. Okay. everybody is always – I've always had this commentary. They're talking to me about running, stuff that is impossible. You can't make mm-hmm. it happen. There's no way you're going to <laughs> run this district. But i say first, somebody has to try, and second of all, mm-hmm. the truth is, conservatives like to talk about our community, like to talk about our area. They say things like the civil war was state's right and they, people voted for it, people voted (laughs) to leave the union. But the truth is people were intimidated. Mm -hmm. Not everybody was allowed to vote. Mm -hmm. The truth is Mm -hmm. it was just this huge wave of just almost like terror. And there mm-hmm. needs to be a moment where we all need to come together and look at our future and see where we want to be and see where we were. We can create a future where our kids will be able to run around and mm-hmm. drink clean water and not be poisoned mm-hmm. by lead and, ceram- and ceramic and teflon and all this gunk that they're polluting in our rivers. We can live in a mm-hmm. world where politicians stand for something. Where we don't mm-hmm. switch parties and whenever it's convenient, where we actually believe and hold on to our values, we need mm-hmm. to bail out our local governments, we need to have yeah. affordable health care for everybody, and mm-hmm. we need to save the environment because we only have one environment yeah we shouldn't be sending people to the moon when we have so many problems here. <laughs> All I want to say is. I believe in hope, I believe mm-hmm. in goodness, and I'm glad mm-hmm. Louie Gomer's not running because that means that we can run a, a race based on real things, not petty squabbles or made-up words about real, genuine issues that will affect people's lives. I want to change everything. I want to save the world, and this is just the start.
4: Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Awesome. And, and now we're, we'll go to uh, Pastor Cooper
7: and let you uh, get ready to take us out, Pastor Cooper. Awesome. Thank you to all our guests tonight. Um, great information. You know, uh, I was reading the news today, and I found out that our governor and land commissioner is working in tandem to spend $250 million for a wall, yet again, that we all know that does not work because we have tunnels and
5: people being hair
7: dropped in here, and time in other various ways. We can utilize that money uh, to fix our grid. We can utilize that money for affordable health care for all. We can utilize that money to fix our education system to where uh, we're 47 out of forty eight. 48. Uh, we, we need to make sure that we have a common sense governor and that governor is myself, Michael Cooper, not just because I, I'm running for an office to, to, to have a position. I'm not a son of a billionaire. I I, I don't feel like I'm entitled to anything. I'm a worker, a servant for all mankind, humankind, folks, people, no matter what background that they have. So uh, the best candidate that you you have for governor is the one that has a degree in business, social worker, one that has a masters in psychology, one that's put his PhD in education on hold because he wanted to learn more about a system that he need to fix. So what I'm telling you and challenging you is that instead of asking someone to come out and fight for you, you need, you need to make sure that that person is someone that grew up like you, that had to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. But the problem we have today is that some kids don't have boots and they don't have straps. My name is Michael Cooper, and I will be your next governor of this great state of Texas, and I will make those changes that we've been talking about for years and years and decades to come. Hundreds of millions of dollars, people have been put out of their homes. You can go to... Cooper 2022, www.Cooper2022. You can see all of our feeds from that station. Thank you. My name is Michael Cooper, your next governor of the great state of Texas.
4: Outstanding, outstanding. Listen, this has been an amazing show tonight. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. We thank the major for coming in out of San Antonio and sharing her story. We thank uh, Gavin for coming in and sharing his story, for running for uh, the congressional seat here in East Texas. We need somebody in that uh, position badly. We need somebody in the governorship badly. And we thank Pastor Cooper for stepping up to the plate and listen, Thank you so very much. We look forward to you being right back here again on next Monday on Marvellous Monday. Thank you. May God bless you. And now we'll turn it over to Ms. Rihanna. Have a great evening.
2: Good night, everybody. And I have to just say I'm feeling really, really proud to be a Texan and a Democrat tonight. This was an awesome show. Thank you to our guest. Dr. McKellar, you just never, never surprised me. Always amazing. Good night, everybody. Good
0: night.
5: Good night. Good night. night. One day,
0: when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be out. Oh, one day, when the war is won, we will be... When the war is left